Holy shit. Is it? Yeah, it's like a... I feel like Joe Rogan. Welcome to the Movie Little Oak Podcast, episode number 56. I'm Kern. I'm Kushal. Welcome to the podcast. Yes. It has been... It hasn't been that long. The last podcast we released was about a month ago. Well, that's good because that's where we're very late with that. So this is going to work out really well because we've got two releases. Absolutely. We're recording episode 56 and 57, uh, two big podcasts that we've been dying to do. But Kushal's been incredibly busy, but he's back with us and he is ready to spew his... Wow. Releases. Releases. (laughs) So, oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I said it on the video, I'm going to say it again. Uh, uh, we're both bearded out, mm-hmm. but you're looking marvelously fluffy and very Hemingway. I'm not <laughs> sure you. how you've managed this. It's, it's amazing. What do you drink, eat? Do you put, you put special juices on it of some kind? Or? Genetics. <sighs> okay, fair enough. I won't say anything. Cool. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about a bunch of things, but I think the the main focus, I think we've been dying to talk about this for so long, is Infinity War. I know it's been, it's probably been over a month now since it's been out. Has it been over a month? Yeah. Yeah, over, almost two over. months almost. Finite misunderstanding. Absolutely. Um, but we're going to be talking about other things that we've been doing throughout the months uh, of the time that we haven't been recording the podcast. But the, the main focus uh, on this episode will be Infinity War. Okay. Uh, what else? Some TV series that we've been watching. Yeah. You've been watching something? You've been watching Blackish? I've been watching lots of little things in the evenings when I get my... I was doing a lot of uh, client work and a lot of um, a revision. Mm. And I like to stop revising. So to stop revising, I just watch junk stuff. What I think might be junk stuff in the evening. But some mm. of it turned out to be quite good. So should we get straight back into it? Absolutely. Um, uh, I I think last episode I was talking about Blackish. So it's, uh, I think I've been through about four seasons of it now and it is so good. It's also on Sky and Amazon Prime um, and everyone should watch it right now. Season three, episode 19. Um, See, okay. uh, before you say that, yeah. it, it, I am not a fan. I'm a fan, but I'm a few episodes in season one. Right. It's fine if you ruin it. But so let me put it this way. Um, Ellis Ross. Mm-hmm. Tracy, um, yeah. yeah, she is also an activist um, mm. of various sorts, and she is the hidden star of that show um, because she doesn't. When she gets into it, she mm. gets into it, and it's good. The, the cross debate, mm. and she has dual heritage, so she can talk from multiple backgrounds. Yeah, they're like the, the, good. the earlier episodes. Well, the the, the a couple of first few episodes that I've watched, hmm. you can, it really does come out. Like you can see just based on some of the stuff that she says to her daughters or whatever, but it's, it's, um, I, I, I can see that. And I've heard a podcast uh, episode. Um, she was in a podcast I listened to as well. And that, what's up? Just, so you carry on. I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. Yeah. And there was an episode of a podcast I was listening to, uh, awards chatter. You've heard of this before? No. Uh, the Hollywood reporters podcast. Okay. And they just kind of, 
bring on guests and stuff. But yeah, no, she's she's very interesting. Very interesting individual. Yes. Um, I just realized on camera, I've got my arms here. I look very, even more than us. It's, you do. It's not good. I'm going to put my arms in now. <laughs> I feel a bit self-conscious. This is really fun to edit. Hello. Um, right. Uh, I thought of a phrase I started saying, which is to my head. I thought I'd share it with you. Go on. Which is when I now watch stuff and it's just so cheesy. I mean, I start, I tried to get into the second season yeah. of, like I said, uh, of the, the, the Shannara Chronicles. <laughs> and it's, I've seen more dramatic realism in Christmas Panto. Can I, can I ask you a question? As, yeah. What? Why do you continue watching it? Because the novels were awesome okay. and ahead of their time. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Which I'll come to... Yeah, go on. Go on. Sorry, carry on. Uh, gonna, I was going to reference those in... Today? Yes. Later on. Later on today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I start watching things now and things are just a little bit Shannara or mm-hmm. just really Shannara. It <laughs> set the standard for TV pap. Um, unfortunately, it's something that's so good and it's just been just shat all over by producers and directors and writers who have just not it's just oh annoying so shinara i haven't even seen it and i know what you're talking about wow it's really loud and, and i know what okay. yeah it's funny okay yeah you you and many other people that i know there's a guy i know he's a very good friend of mine um one of our best friends from when i was at college mm. who doesn't watch any tv and i said watch agents of shield and then, like, I started, you know, revising again and with work. Didn't talk to him for about three weeks. Yeah. He, he rang me back three weeks later. He goes, I'm on season five. <laughs> he goes, what's wrong with me? I can't stop watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what happened to you as well. You literally. That's literally what happened. Like, we, we've stopped watching for the, for the time being because Ina's um, been doing a master's and stuff. But, yeah, like, we couldn't. That was the only thing we were watching straight for, like, a good few weeks. Um, and we're on episode three of season five now. I mean, from that perspective, it is from a business perspective mm. and a content production perspective. That is like the holy grail of, mm. of TV. It's something that you just want to keep watching and watching and watching. Yep. Why is that? Because it's not even, I mean, it's not that great, is it? You tell me. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think for for me, yep. and I'm sure it's the same for you, I think there's an element of, obviously there's a connection, right? it started off being quite tightly secured to the Marvel cinematic universe. Okay. And then over time, it's just be kind of, kind of become its own thing. And they create these characters who you kind of want to continue watching along their journey. And even the villains are, you know, uh, I've got their names now. Ward. Yeah. Ward is a gripping character. You're going to ruin it for people that haven't seen the first season. <laughs> no, it's yeah. been long enough. Yeah, it's been long enough. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's um, it, it's an interesting TV show, and it's it's probably one of the fa- one of the few shows that you can watch and you will genuinely genuinely find funny. Yeah, it's it's so well written. Um, okay, so uh, I mean, so it's only on my notes because um, in season five, episode nineteen, there is some awful um, multiverse conflation by Fitz, um, yep. and it's just. It's just wrong. It's scientifically wrong what they're saying. They're conflating parallel universes with the multiverse, which are two very different things. Um, if anything, there would be it should be a parallel multiverse. But anyway, anyone who's really into these things will appreciate that 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 was a they just tripped over their own feet and fell on an eyeball. 
I want to see how they address the events that happen in Infinity War. They started. They've started to already. In season five. It started. That's, that's what I'm interested in. That's why I'm, I'm continuing to watch it. Well, shall it's... I tell you the big news? Go on. I don't need to get too excited, so don't yeah. drop your drink. <laughs> Coulson will be in Captain Marvel. Oh, yes. I know this. Oh, I know this. Damn. I know this. Damn you. Damn you. But I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Uh, the only thing that doesn't excite me about that is because obviously it's based in the 90s, so it doesn't... That was, it... first, that was our first Star Wars reference. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was it's the 90s okay so it's not obviously the Coulson that is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. no it's Clark Gregg y- yeah as in like but it's okay, we, at this okay. Stage, I'm just happy that he's in the yeah, yeah, yeah at this stage the Avengers still don't know that he's alive but but in saying that oh oh in saying that this is a theory theory Ooh. of course now that they show him in Captain Marvel yeah does that open him up to be shown in Infinity War, part two, or Avengers Four. Mm. Anyway, it just okay, they've they reintroduced them into the films again. It's a chance. Anyway, go on. All right, uh, I've been reading a lot of comics. Um, yeah, yes, catching yes, up yes. with things. Ah, did I not put Miss Marvel as a reference on here? We were going to talk about that. It's re- relevant to this. You had a look at the Miss Marvel comics. I did. I read the first. Um, the first trade paperback, so the collection of the first set of whatever it was, one to five, I think it was. Wasn't Tell it? me what you think. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And oh, you, didn't sound, you didn't sound positive before. Really? Yeah. When? Sorry. So I feel I'm like we haven't had a conversation about this. That's probably what it is. We have. We have, or we haven't. We haven't, no. no. Okay, so you loved it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think one of the biggest issues growing up was, granted, I, I kind of picked up comic books a, a bit later than my quote-unquote childhood. Is probably, yeah, I've been in and out over the years. Yeah, like it was probably when I was a teenager that I started picking up a comic book. And um, one of the biggest things I found was obviously there were very little, obviously I didn't notice it back then, I noticed it now, is there was no representation for us, right? There were no brown-skinned... Not, not in these kind of mainstream comics. No. There were other weird things on the yeah, side. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, if you went on to comicsology afterwards and yeah. even before that in, in, in... But yeah, I know what you mean. And watching, watching even a reading this was like, it's brilliant. I think they've hit a fantastic market and they've allowed it to become, I say allow because, you know, I'm a cynic, right? And there's a lot of conspiracies. They've allowed it to happen and it's, it's into the mainstream. Right. What, what's your conspiracies? What, what, let's just talk freely and we can edit this down in the edit. So let's just not, you know, constrict. It's, it's less of a conspiracy and, and more of the acknowledgement of... Um, trying to it's white privilege isn't it like it's the whole thing of um making sure that the white superheroes are at the forefront and that's kind of always been the case i mean how many colored superheroes are there you know we've got heroes of color socs socs how many socks are there you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's always kind of been the way and... and uh, uh, yeah, okay. I kind of see what you're getting at, I guess. And um, in, in an age where, obviously, where we are, we are, I think there's a, there's more now of a tendency to open those doors, which is ironic because you'd think that in this era, there'd probably be less of it. So DC are notoriously bad at this. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, also, Black Lightning's back. Um <laughs> 
Um, he said, this is for the streets. It's, it's yeah. Uh, but Marvel, have I think they've bided their time. What, I don't know what that phrase means. Bowed. Bowed. Bowed their, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they've just been... Yeah, 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 doing that thing, <laughs> chilling, reflecting, thinking about it. I think this started off with the ninety nine. That comic time, did I talk about the ninety nine on these? The ninety nine. So there was um, there was a Muslim artist yeah. who put together a few years ago mm. uh, a comic series called the ninety nine. Okay, and it's based on um, uh, partly um, some history, Islamic history, mm. uh, with these like uh, virtues of Allah. Mm. Um, that are written on pieces of paper mm. that, in a special ink that can't reveal itself unless you're the right person or something. Mm-hmm. They get washed away when the city is flooded and invaded and stuff. And hundreds of years later, these pieces of paper are all over the world and they're found by these people. Mm. There's 99 of them. And each kid that finds, or from internet, it's completely international, that finds one of these pieces of paper um, takes on a superpower that's representative of one of the 99 virtues of Allah. Sick, okay. Yeah. Now, anyone who thinks that's a bit religious, well, they need to understand that even comics like Superman mm-hmm. came from yeah. religious concepts yeah. of yeah. this guy with two dads that's not of this earth, but is of this earth. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. the films become heavily kind of representative of that, that, you yeah. know, Jesus imagery and, and all this other stuff is, is heavily mentioned in the film. Yeah, and I'm I, and I'm not I'm not a, a religious person, but I am a big fan of trying to show the positive side mm. of these philosophies that are inside mm. cultures all over the world. Mm. Because we're not going to get rid of religion; it's not going anywhere; it's here to stay. So at least if there are positive um, uh, images and role models mm. in, in in media, anyway, the um, the right wing in the Islamic community just you know basically nearly fatwaed him and just said this guy is just you know sacrilegious wow. image creating bastard and uh he said i don't care and he carried on making them because he said are my my children and our children of mm. the next generation of of muslim kids need these positive role mm-hmm. models not just this shit that's in the news all the mm. time um and then dc did a crossover with Sick. batman and superman meeting the 99 and all, it was it was insane so i think marvel's been on it since then thinking mm. about how they're going to do this mm. and i think miss marvel is their first step Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've really I mean when you read it it's so good I mean you know she's doing the th- she's she's not stereotyped no, at all no, 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 she's no. doing the things that Asian kids do yep. which which is experimenting with western society and, and trying to figure out how she where she fits in yeah and that's that's what I appreciate about that it was that it was good yeah and the stereotypes whilst she didn't represent any of them they were put onto her by the other characters within the story which was very interesting. She's like, mm, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. People are like, you smell that curry. And yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, it was good. And and she was a modest Muslim girl as well. And like she dressed even her, her superhero outfit. Yeah. She was like, do I have to dress like this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, her burkini. Yeah. And that's not, and that's not a, a reflection on what's right or wrong no, or anything like that. No. It's more a reflection of her cultural background mm. that made her think, well, do I have to, would I have to dress like that if I dreamt of being a superhero? Which yeah. Is, an interesting question. Okay. Uh, Benedict, equal pay. Who's in this? I I glanced over it, but I'd leave it to you. So the, the, the basic premise of this is that he has come out and said um, he'll only take on new project projects oh, yes, yes. if his female co-stars receive equal pay. Right. Uh, and the quote that I've got here is basically that is, if she's not paid the same as the men, I'm not doing it. I mean... Thanks, Doctor Strange. <laughs> like, you know, 
I don't know if he's been pressured into doing something like that, but I can't imagine that was. I think he's. I mean, if if you know, if you look into his background, mm. um, and I would put money down that he doesn't need the money. No, no. But the, the, but even the fact so that yeah, go on. I mean, even the fact that he's done that is a massive step in the right direction. It's the, it's the kind of stuff we talked about. I'm going to always go back to this example about the moonlight thing. Yeah. Uh, in the Oscars, was it last year or like year before? Now I forget. It was the year before, wasn't it? Um, and the fact that someone's made that step, it just it's a it's a massive step in the right direction. Everyone else needs to yeah say the same thing um, because it's it's a problem with men. Yeah, and we and need it, to sort it out definitely. And it's going off the back of what shit. What was her name in um, Three Billboards? Frances McDormand. Yeah. When she had made that speech about uh, basically that inclusion right, I think that she was talking about. Oh, yes, yes, we spoke yes. About it, isn't it, the podcast? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good step. It's, it's a very good step in the right direction. So I think um, well done to him. Um, okay, cool. Let's head in the step. Let's uh, step in the direction of um, the our usual sci-fi leaning things. Yes. Which... You know, that's what we like. And, uh, and uh, I like futurism. I like thinking about, you know, I like possibility thinking, which is what science fiction is all about. But I like good science fiction, which we'll, which we'll get to. Did you watch the last half of Star Trek Discovery? No. Okay. So I think something interesting has happened when they mm. took their writing break. I think what happened is that they figured out that... Um, we're trying to be radicals, which is what the original Star Trek was mm. a, was a radical series for its time, mm. putting people in front of the camera that people uh, that many people thought shouldn't be in front of the camera. Mm. I mean, there's a Russian guy, there's this Asian-looking dude. There was like, like uh, that one at the back. She she she's black. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is she an officer. Yeah, she's black. Yeah, and all this crazy stuff that people are like, oh, that can't be the yeah, future yeah. world. Yeah, what they've done is um. They seem to have taken a writing break, come back and said, well, why don't we address what we're actually trying to talk about by um, um, positioning it against the world that could be. And so if you look at the, the world that could be, uh, which would be very, very bad in the future, would mm. become like imperial and tyrannical. Yeah. Um, that's what they started working on. And that second half of that season one is awesome um, and a very good political commentary. Interesting. Mm. You'll be surprised. I think I I got up to. It might have been like the the second to last episode and the first half. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, get get into it again. I'd re recommend it. Right. So, should we get into some of these features? Yep. Not so lost in space. Have you seen any of it? I haven't. No. All right. Uh, I burnt through the first season. Couldn't really stop watching it. I'm actually watching it again, um, because. It was a science fiction show that was ahead of its time, a uh, bit crusty, mm. but it was good to put it on TV. Mm. It was, you know, the old show was black and white and then eventually became color. And I remember mm. watching reruns of it when I was young. Um, they've just started from scratch, taken the, the foundational concepts of what this is, that it's a show about a family more mm. than anything else and uh, created something awesome. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to say much more, except that it, you know it, it, it's pretty solid. A bunch okay. of kids, kid actors are always good to watch. Yeah, and it's it's a show about a family. The, the fact that it's in space is almost irrelevant. Okay, it's good, uh, but can't really talk much on that. But basically, so, I think they've done an awesome 
awesome job. Yeah. Um, bringing it to uh, TV. Um, Expanse season three and a sad goodbye. So just before we are preparing to record, they announced that, um, well, about a month ago, they announced season three mm. would be the last season. Okay. And I was going to do all this thing about how that's so ah, stupid mm-hmm. because it's really good writing and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, like a few days ago, uh, Amazon said, we'll do it. And they've taken it on and oh, it's wow, been okay. renewed. Now, you haven't seen season one? I've seen like the first episode, I think. Okay. So we'll talk about that next episode. Okay. Cool. Uh, Unreal. Oh, yeah. So have you seen this before? see the trailer for it it was like a reality tv thing yeah i wasn't it, i mean it kind of well there were some big names in it was teddy newton in it no who's in it no uh, you you might recognize some people but i actually no. if teddy newton was in it i would have watched it yeah yeah exactly you probably yeah so there, there are some semi-recognizable faces in there but nothing that i've been thinking have you seen entourage before yeah you know I, dana I a big from, fan but yeah you know dana from entourage i wouldn't remember names the agent okay probably whatever sure her Anyway, so she's in there. She's one of the main characters, but she's the main producer of the show. So the premise of the show, are you familiar with the premise? They of- are. So I'm trying to remember the trailer. Yeah. I remember her in the trailer. Yeah. And she was like the director of this yeah, um, sort of thing. studio that's, yeah, that's right. trying to manipulate a reality TV thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I, I did, didn't feel like I, that's the kind of thing I'd want to watch. Sure. As it is, I detest. I detest. And I'm really... Sorry about this. No. And I know it's one of those no, no, it's okay. things I need to sort out. Yeah. I generally detest reality TV. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I agree. And I think it takes that concept yeah. of how bad reality TV is. Yeah. Not, not from a, oh, this is good. This is a bad perspective, but morally bad. Okay. From that perspective. And it shows us the things that we don't see. Essentially, is the simplest form to describe that. The describe en- that. social, the engineering. Sorry, the engineering, yeah, the engineering of stories and characters, the impact it has on people's lives, which you can see. It's, it's oh yeah, like it's it's. I, I I'm not so. I find a quote here. Um, so I'll, I'll quickly talk about the premise of the show. So the premise is about. So imagine the show The Bachelor. Um, this is effectively what happens behind the scenes of that, but it's a dramatized, fictionalized show. But is that the one where people date bachelors? That's right. So the, the, you get this one guy who's yeah. of, he's probably got a lot of money or something. And then there's like 12 women or something who are kind of lining up to be with this guy, marry this guy or whatever. Uh, and obviously it's week by week, each of them get eliminated. Um, and when only one remains or whatever. Anyway, so the premise of the show. Yeah. It says the series. So this is a quote from, um, I think one of the showrunners. So the series is based on what really happens in the world of reality show production. Uh, viewers want to believe in fairy tales and those reality shows tap into what, in, in, tap into that want. Our show dismantles that want. We thought uncovering the behind the scenes machinations would make great stories. And we wanted to comment on the type of bully culture, a lot of reality to, of a lot of reality television. Contestants come in and they and think they can beat the game, but it's truly an unbeatable game. You're ritually manipulated and charmed and edited beyond your control. Viewers think that contestants knew what they had signed up for, right. but they couldn't have. There's no way. How's it been received? I mean, do people... It's on, they're on like season five. So... So has it changed anything about reality TV? Or... 
I'm not sure. Like, so I'm probably like episode uh, eight episodes into the first season, and it's it makes you question everything about but, reality show. I, I mean, mean, obviously, it's stuff that we knew. Right. right? So, it's, so Devil's Advocate. It feels like it's a series that just validates um, the what we already think is a festering swamp of bullshit. Um, does it do anything beyond validate what we already think of reality TV? We yeah, yeah, it does that. Is. And I think it, what it also does is that it um, it also shows us what needs to change, whether it's a case of taking these shows off the air or having some really strict policing on there. I don't know yeah. what it does. I mean, it, it, it definitely shows us it's probably not worth watching anymore, you know? Um, it even questions why... But people love it. Yeah. People love that stuff. They talk about, I've been at workplaces where people just go on and on about me oh, and man. Chelsea and stuff. Oh, they can't wait till the next one's come out and what's happening with the X character and Y character. Like, and I'm like, what? This Love Island crap. Like, that's the new big thing. Okay. Exactly the same thing. It's just, yeah, whatever. Right. Anyway, moving on. That's not movies. Reality is not movies. No. That's kind of the opposite of movies sometimes. All right. Uh, three things about Into the Badlands. Do you remember me talking about this series? Yes. Okay. So I've been a bit dumb about this because... Now, uh, I'll be honest. Yep. It, when you first start watching it, it feels a little bit Shannara. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit like, what? Oh, yeah. I'm watching. And it's a dystopian future world okay. in which society is using bits of our mm. technology and a lot of things have regressed because society's collapsed because there's a lot of dystopia yeah. going on. Um, so there's uh, the influences of Terry Brooks and, and, and things like that. Mm. Now, um, I was watching it and I didn't register something. Danny Wu, I'm used to watching Danny Wu as a lead, mm. yeah? Mm. Because I watch a lot of Hong Kong movies and he's been in tons of stuff. He's the same age as me. Yeah. Yeah, um, and he's obviously in much better condition. Sure, he's, he's in absolutely amazing condition. In fact, he's been in an interview saying, "I don't know how I'm going to handle uh, doing this for another two, three seasons." Yeah, I didn't realize this is an American series with Danny Wu in the lead role. Mm. That's like Bruce's dream of having um, a guy from East Asia mm. in a lead role in a martial arts series on TV. I didn't realize that that was happening in front of me. Uh, there's a guy called uh, I've written HCK. Damn, I didn't write his name. I think his name's Hugh Chu Ku. Um, I probably said that completely wrong. Uh, he's a, a student of Yun Wu Ping, mm. and he's made tons of movies. Mm. Um, and he is the co-director, B-team, uh, stunt choreographer, and more. Mm. And these guys have brought... Second thing I didn't realize. These guys have brought Hong Kong-style action to British and American TV in a series that no one has done before like mm. this. They only have eight days to film what would normally take 30 days in a Hong Kong extravaganza because right. these fight scenes are complicated. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and so you get to watch Hong Kong-style uh, action mm. in a Western series, and it's phenomenal. Uh, so that's is worth it for that. The action is unbelievable. Go so on. it's AMC, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, I would imagine so it's Amazon Prime. 
Okay. And is it, I'm guessing it's based on what other AMC stuff is. It's quite, um, it's a mature audience, is it? Oh, hell yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not the most cerebral of series because it's, you know, it's like a, you know, it's more of an action series yeah, yeah. With, a, with a great story. It's got some amazing cast. Come on. Mix, Nick Frost has come on yeah, in season two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lance Henriksen's in it, being all Henriksen-y. Um, plus some other big names. The guy that played, one of the guys was a bad guy in a Cossack uh, or something. Michael Cossack. He was in Spider-Man. Uh, he is, plays this brilliant character with this horrible Alabama accent where he just sounds so creepy. And Martin so, Martin, so, Martin Socas. Socas, so that's so it. Cass. I just said his name completely wrong. Third thing about Into the Badlands, the performance of the people who are non-martial artists that are playing, especially um, Beecham. M, what's her name? Emily Beecham? Yep. She's from Manchester. Mm. She's been in a few things before mm. and she is blistering on the screen. Okay. She obviously works very, very hard with the choreographers mm. and the performances and editing mm. are world-class. I'm honestly, I've seen a lot of movie, uh, uh, Hong Kong cinema and I'm watching this. It's as good. And I, many, many scenes, I cannot tell who, where the stunt characters are finished and where the main characters started. I was watching, so I went online, I was like, this is really good, like choreography, how mm. they edited this. And I was uh, reading an interview with Nick Frost and he says they get sets of 12 moves and he's mm. just got to remove, he's got to remember 12 moves at a time and then they merge those sequences together with these long things. So the stunt team works for eight days doing the stunt scenes. Danny Wu's on both teams because he's obviously the main character mm -hmm. and he's just like a legend. Um, and it's worth checking out. Okay. You'll be surprised. Okay. All right. Enough of that shit. Let's talk movies. <laughs> I watched Rampage. Okay. Rampage. Rampage. I haven't seen it because it just, I wasn't sure. There was interesting things about this film. Okay. Um, aside from the things that you'd expect, right? It was a, um, it was an irrational, over the top, mindless film. Um, it's kind of what we've come to expect from a lot of Dwayne Johnson uh, action films, right? Yeah, okay. Um, it was surprisingly an enjoyable film. Um, when I went to watch it, I didn't expect to enjoy it the way I enjoyed it. It made me chuckle a few times. Um, mainly, <laughs> mostly at some of the ridic ridiculous stuff that happened in the film. I mean, you, it's like that, that skyscraper trailer oh God, right really? it's like that and also san andreas have you seen san andreas no okay basically one of the same i so i think i avoided san andreas for the same reason okay so what's what's interesting about this is you know motion capture aside it has nothing i think we've been ruined by planet of the apes right we, we've we're so used to how good these apes look and now yeah. when you compare it side by side with this stuff it's like it looks like a joke, you know, but granted, it oh, was pokes. it not as good. No, not at all. But it pokes okay. fun at itself. Right. It's um, it's almost it almost knows that the film is. It oh, feels satirical. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that that makes the trailer make more sense. Yeah. Um. And what I appreciate about this film was the interesting diversity. So they had. Um, a lot of um, black characters who actually had some prominent roles in the film that weren't just like 
angry black people who wanted to fuck shit up. They were people who had some credibility within the film and made a difference. This is really loud. Made a difference. Like kind of uh, based like in the outcome of the film stuff. Are you about to make a joke about the gorilla being white? No, I hadn't even thought about that until okay, you mentioned fine. it. Fair enough. <laughs> so racist. All right. I don't know what you're going to say. And even um, uh, Asians, like there were a lot of Asians in this film who had a lot of prominent roles. I find that that usually means that it's one of the Asian production companies because there's a couple of Asian production companies with Asian producers. Mm. And when they get, like with um, Deadpool, Mm. and when they get involved, Mm. you have these random Asian characters. Interesting. Like in Deadpool. Right. (laughs) It's quite funny. And they they make fun of the Asians as well. Yes. As in these these are West Asians. Asians? I can't say West Indians because they're not. East Asians. East Asians. East. What? East Asians. Yeah, no. East Asians being from the Eastern Asian countries. Yeah. But we are from the West. Oh, we are from the okay. Asian yeah, yeah. countries. Yeah. India, Pakistan. Yes. Um, there's some other ones. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but no, it was it was an enjoyable film. Enjoyed it. And uh, I, I don't know. If you continue making films like this, I probably will still watch them. Cause just just out of pure curiosity. Okay. So it's a fun like popcorn film. You could just watch yeah, it. Yeah, literally. Uh, uh, so while I was chilling out in the evening, I tried watching, I had a list of, you know, things, DC things I wanted to watch because I'm just have so much hope for DC. Yep. Um, the animations and things are so much better than the movies. I watched Batman Ninja, which I know I talked about a while back. Mm-hmm. This thing's an absolute mess, mm. uh, but it's, it's like an anime extravaganza. Uh, it's all the things that Batman and all the bad guys would and could do if it was made from scratch as an crazy anime dream so mm. i think some people got very very drunk and made this story excellent um and it's just completely fucking nuts when you watch it mm. uh enjoyable just crazy doesn't fit in with anything okay basically uh gorilla grod mm. makes a time machine cool uh accidentally goes back in time mm. batman and everyone all these other everyone's in the same place at the same time mm. um and the joker becomes uh daimyo um like a, a baron mm. of a region and, 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 um, and everyone else is there. All mm. the other bad guys that you, I'm not going to give anything away right. are all there becoming these four daimyos. Um, and Japan is just ruined. The past is ruined. And then later, because Batman's at the edge of this time field thing, he arrives later and all this stuff's already established. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, he takes them on. Um, and there, and there's an old clan with this, story about how this bat will come to save them it's it's, it's really weird what is, not, is it what is this on it's a movie is it on amazon uh i think you can buy it on amazon okay i'm guessing that's what you did ah uh, yeah yeah i've got a very big amazon bill yeah. at some point i need to pay it was this the one that you were talking about you you spoke about this a couple of months ago didn't you batman about... on ninja this yeah that one that was right uh, then I also watched Batman Bad Blood. Yeah, what is that? It's interesting. Okay. It's uh, very recent. It's, mm-hmm. I call it Batman without Batman. And it's um, Batgirl, mm-hmm. Nightwing. Yep. And um, so what's uh, what's his name? 
the uh, guy from the League of Shadows? Rachel Gould. Rachel Gould's daughter. Oh, now you said that. So there's a story. It's a few comics past where mm. she gets together uh, with uh, Bruce. Talia. Talia Al Ghul. Yep. Nasty piece of work. Oh, much, Mar- much. Marina. Who? Marina. Baccarin. Baccarin. In what? As oh, Talia. the voices. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a nasty piece of work. Mm. And um, um, she uh, managed to make a baby. Mm. She made a baby yeah. with uh, Bruce. Okay. And uh, this kid is becomes a, a, a trainee from birth at the temple where the League of Shadows train. Damien. Damien Al Ghul, that's the one. Uh, and he, Bruce is then suddenly disappears, he's kidnapped. Mm. And then Damien and, um, you know, Batgirl and Nightwing, mm. they all get together to carry on fighting crime. So it's a, it's a Batman animated movie without Batman, basically. And it's very interesting to watch. And it has Batwing in it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's got it's uh it's it's cool, uh, and then I watched one more, which is Batman's not so. I've written pa- Batman's not so PG joke that kills. It's called the joke that kills, and it's, uh, it's based on a killing joke. It's, I, th- I think so. It's um, really adult. Is it? It's gruesome, and I'm I can't don't want to tell the end. I can't obviously don't want to give away the ending, but but it takes Batman to dark places. Yeah. And the Joker is uh, real nasty in this. It, and you, you say it's PG? I've written it's not so PG. Was it called a killing joke? PG in the UK being like, what's that in America? Um, PG is like, um, PG-13. Just below R. Yes, so it's PG-13, PG-13 is international. Yeah. All right. PG-13 is the American version, basically. Okay. I get it. I dig it. Uh, <laughs> it was the Killing Joke, isn't it? Two thousand sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So if you know, if you're a DC fan or a Batman fan, and you want to watch something interesting, as I like the whole darkness that you can watch. And that. it's Mark the Mark Hamill Joker and oh, the Kevin yeah. Conroy Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's proper. It's a proper one. Sick. Not like a weird one. Yeah. It leaves you feeling very unsettled. Okay. By the end of it, uh, it's also. Oracle origin story. Barbara. Yeah. Excellent. So I don't know if they're warming up for another movie. And that's why they're doing these things. Because I feel that they make these animations to test the field. Yeah. Ready for a movie. Well, The Killing Joke was, that was two, that was two years ago. And the one you watched before that, The Bad Blood. Oh, that was also two years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they need to wait about a year to see how, what the response mm. is like. So it's a real big film, big, big film Yep. Um, that you wrote an article about. Yes. Not so Infinity War, my notes say. Definitely. Um, okay. So I did like your article on that Movieville website. Yeah. Um, the culmination of 15 years of character development. Ten. Ten yes. years. Okay. But 15 in their minds. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 10 years. Yeah. And uh, so, so do you want to talk about that? Because that was really good. Yeah. So uh, after watching it the first time, I just felt like, okay, so number one was we hadn't read anything on the website for a long time. And the second thing was I need, I felt like I needed to get my 
both my emotions and my thoughts out of uh, around the film. I have to be honest, I haven't upgraded Ghost for a while. I was surprised yeah, no, it worked. It's like four like notifications uh, about how I have to update it. Yeah. Um, and it was just the the concept of having all of these characters have developed over the course of 10 years through these movies and these comic books and whatever is just at this stage is unheard of. I can't, I can't think of any of the franchise who have developed their characters to the way they have through the amount of films that they've made over the course of time, 10 years. Oh yeah. Um, it's unheard of. And the, one of the reasons I kind of, I wanted to um, write this article was because I, I had a, a funny exchange with a, a someone on Twitter. Um, oh my word. Yeah. And I, I'd responded um, to uh, someone I'm following on Twitter as well. Um, just saying that they needed time to process this film. And I, I said, was this the global um, emotional response to infinity war where everyone just felt devastated? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And um, and I said I don't. I my my quote was I'd never been as mo- as emotionally messed up from a film as this one did. Okay. Yeah. So, you said that to me. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a guy uh, on Twitter who responded and said, "Really? You need to start watching something other than movies based on superheroes ah. and intergalactic villains." Just saying. No, this is like. Was it James Cameron? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes, it probably was. Sounds like something he would say. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't, I responded to this guy, but I didn't, I wasn't prepared to start a Twitter war because that's not what it was about, right? Um, I, I said, show me a film or show me a franchise that have developed their characters over 10 years yeah. and has the depth of character and have the source material of these characters. Show me something else that has that. And then I'll happily go and watch those. And and you know what? I'm. Can I just say one thing? Go on. And then because I know you've got loads more to say. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to talk about comics for a second. Sure. Comics are a different creature. Mm. Yeah. Our mind. So uh, in the 18th century, there's mm. this guy called Coleridge mm. who um, talked about. You know, he's one of the first in Western. Um, uh, lit, lit, literary history to talk about the temporary suspension of disbelief and how it is required to you know for the mind to sink into these stories to the, let those let the story story become a temporary reality mm. and he was a famous opium addict so mm. he knew all about altering altering reality um as a poet and did all sorts of mm. wonderful things and comics do that more than anything else because as you're reading a comic it's becoming real in your mind. It's mm. becoming animated in your mind. Yeah. And in the gaps between the cells of the comic, your mind bridges it mm. and it becomes alive in your mind as you're flicking through the pages. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with a movie. Mm. The movie is pouring into you mm. someone else's vision and imagining, which yeah. is a completely different creature. Mm. So people that say, oh, they already had all the stories and characters made, mm-hmm. they just put it in film. Mm. Well, you can see what happens with DC when people try and do th- well, see, it's funny that I was just I was literally thinking about DC whilst you were saying that is that yeah. the, the, I, the reason I, I, I keep defending DC is that yes we have these source material for the film uh, for these characters or whatever but what we get to see in the films is the stuff that happens in between the panels and that's what I find exactly. interesting that's exactly why these films I think and, and that is 
Sorry, well, let me finish. Yeah, and that is why what you're saying is so true mm. because it's so difficult to show those things mm. and make it entertaining and believable and, oh, yeah. you know, make money with it. Yes. Sorry, you carry on. Sorry. Yeah, and, and that, that's it. I think I, that, I can't even, like, even just thinking about it is is mind-boggling. Like, this film, Infinity War, is the very essence of, of what you've just said is that it's... It had so many layers in this if you compare this film to all of the other all the other MCU films that they've ever done yeah the, 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 it had everything in it it had all of the emotion it had all of the everything that makes a good film was in this film uh, it was full of depth the characters had so much Granted, we've had so much kind of, uh, we've got a massive foundation for all these characters. And, and this this film not only built on these foundations, but it, it kind of kept adding and adding to these, yeah. to the depth of these characters and to the emotional substance, I guess, that that we, I guess, we've learned to understand about these characters. Um, and, they, and they didn't, they didn't um, shortchange any character. Mm. They added just enough um uh, visualization and just enough even choreography and dialogue for every single character for us to be able to recognize and relate that that character is functioning as we would in our mind which which made it very much like a comic because they mm. didn't have to deal with the character develop uh, the character story arcs because we knew exactly where everyone was because we've been watching the, all the stories mm. so yeah that depth that's how i think that depth came through yeah yeah, yeah. and i think I said this in um, my points are kind of going to go all over the place right now, so forgive me. Um, what, one of the things I said in this article I wrote was about how Tony Stark is arguably one of the main, probably the main character in in the in, kind of across all of these films. Um, obviously, the standalone films aside, when you kind of look at what he went through, kind of starting from Iron Man and Iron Man two and three, and how he had this kind of semi breakdown during these films and then it got to Avengers and then we after Avengers we start to see this very different Tony Stark we see this guy who's experiencing PTSD we start seeing this guy who's haunted by his death almost how you know everything that he's essentially built could have been just gone and he could have been gone from the world and I think his existence I think is I don't know. I think that, that it, there was a lot of layer. This is why I, I'm, I'm so interested in his characters because there's so much more to him than what we see. Um, and Infinity War was the culmination of that. It was, you know, that, that conversation that him and Pepper Potts are having at the at kind of at the beginning of Infinity War, where they're talking about children. And spoiler alert! Obviously, if you haven't seen Infinity War, there's going to be spoilers here. The when Peter dies, I'm sure they would have been lost a long time ago. Yeah, when yeah. Peter dies. That that almost hits everything. That that's it. Like it, he remembers the the death of his parents, and he remembers kind of how he almost let Peter down, and how Pepper says that we can't have kids because of this thing in your chest. And I think everything would just kind of yeah, it, it, it hit that that moment was just wonderful. And you see that in the moment where Peter disappears, and Tony's reaction was one of the most brilliant things about that film yeah it was it was like a a, a one-two punch for him yeah the first being when uh thanos rips him apart yeah 
and he looks completely devastated. Mm. Like, how could and he's stabbed yeah. and he looks he just looks like how could this happen? His own mortality has hit him once again. He's just looking down, going, um, wow. I mean, Robert Downey Jr., the pinnacle of his career. Yeah. Yep. This is, I didn't think this would happen. It was no. good. Um, and that's what I think was, was it, it wasn't just a superhero film. This has transcended that. This is a lot more than just a comic book film now. It yep. has become its own thing, its own entity. And I think that's what's so interesting about these films. I've spoken to so many people now who've said, after watching Infinity War, they've almost renewed their love for comic books yeah. and, and the heroes. And the stories. Um, and that's what I think was so good about this film. And oh my God, Thanos. Like, <laughs> they, they've, this film is purely about him. Like, we've seen gl- glimpses of him and, and all this sort of stuff, but we finally get to see a bit more about him. We get to, we saw, not he wasn't just a villain in this film. I was saying to you when we were watching yesterday, excuse me, I, I said this to you when we were watching yesterday was, this is the most developed villain we've ever got in a Marvel film. Like, okay, right. So the reason that is, yeah. it's not just in a Marvel film, but yeah. in many, many films oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, today, we yeah. have these very, very two-dimensional villains mm. who are bad guys for the sake of being bad. None of them make any sense. No. And one of the most important things in 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 literature, in story writing, and story yeah. structure, is that the villain of a story is a hero in his own story. Mm-hmm. And you can't see that any more clearly than in Thanos' story. He is the vil- He is the sorry. He's the hero, hero of his of story. story yeah. And the film is actually made almost as if it's his story. Oh, yeah. achieving his heroic aim. Yeah, and and, and, and that, that that's why I love his character in this film is yeah. because we at so many points in the film we do empathize with him. We we oh, can yeah. we can almost understand what he's trying to do in a very twisted way. Like I, I've written this down in my notes. It's almost. Um, like Killmonger in Black Panther. Yeah. Like the yeah. beginning of Killmonger's story is like, oh shit, I, I get it. I know what you're talking about, but then you kind of go crazy. Um, and it's just that. It's like he wanted people to have better lives. Well, it, I think it was even better than that because Killmonger, they screwed it up by oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah. giving him yeah. um, almost pointless, um, it, it becomes an almost um, un, unexplained mm. um, psychopath. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in, in in many ways. Yeah. Whereas Thanos, in many ways, had a long term strategy. Yes. And you could see that at the the the, the major turning point, major turning point of the film, mm. where he has to sacrifice mm. um, uh, Gamora. Yeah. And as you're watching it, you think this is really like, what is yeah. going on? Yeah. He wasn't bad guy ish at all. Mm. He was like someone that was making a sacrifice because mm. he genuinely thought this will save the mm. universe. Mm. That was amazing. Uh, oh man, yeah. Just, uh, just yeah, like that was it. Like I think when when we saw that scene, it was like villains don't really give a shit about anything. They, yeah. you know, I think what helped this film we don't see that a lot in, in, in kind of CGI villains is the way that we were able to see him emote as well. Like the, the motion capture they done on that was next level. Like they, every, like muscle twitches, like when yeah. he was crying, like his, under his eyes was, was creasing up and it was twitching and it was like his lips were quivering. And it was just like that. If we didn't have that next level of, uh, uh um, I guess what's the word? Um, 
physical emotion, I guess, then we wouldn't have been able to feel what he was feeling. And I think that's what did it was like, shit, like this guy, he actually believes what he's doing is right. And you can almost see that and understand that. Um, and I think that, it's like I said, like there was, there's so many levels to this film. We haven't even like spoken about all the, the notes. We're still on Thanos, but yeah, like. Um, no, it's, it's the only note that counts for me. I mean, here he's the, the movie started and the introduction to Thanos for yeah. anyone who wasn't sure what this guy's capable of. The first thing he does, he does, he goes full Darth Vader on yeah. Loki. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally the Darth Vader scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he, uh, then just so you think that he's not just brute force person, mm -hmm. he very um, intelligently mm. and efficiently deals with the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Like a seasoned uh, fighter. Yeah. It was uh, yeah, wonderful to watch again and yeah. again. And, and on a simple level, I think I said this to you as well yesterday, was that it was like when Superman and Batman fighting, if they were on equal kind of uh, strength-wise, equal playing fields, that's what it'd be like. Superman has little to no experience in fighting. Whereas we've got Bruce Wayne who will beat the fuck out of you. That's what Thanos, that's what we had here. Thanos knew how to fight where Hulk was always, always a powerhouse. But yeah. Thanos is both of those things. And that's what was interesting to see that. And I think there, there's, all, there's a bunch of theories going around why Hulk didn't come out. I think the, the, to me, I think the reason why Hulk didn't return after that was because probably A, he was embarrassed and B, it was the first time he'd ever been had his ass handed to him. And that was, it was a form of fear, I think. I think the Hulk, for the first time in his life, was afraid of something. I think it's a combination of fear and his entire purpose of a smash yes. has been taken away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No smash. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was like that, but it actually made sense because mm. that scene in Batman versus Superman doesn't make sense. I watched it again the other day. Oh, the extended version. The extended version's on the, Prime. The, the five-hour cut. I watched it all. Have you watched it all? No, have you? Like, did you watch the whole thing? I like it much, much more. It's not an extended version. Okay. It's called um, My Mother Martha Ultimate Edition. Okay. <laughs> and and it actually is a much better film. Really? They've, re they've recut it, re-edited it. Um, seriously, they've re-edited the film. Mm. They've re-scored it. Mm. And uh, Wonder Woman plays a much more prominent role. Very interesting. And it almost feels like she was cut out of the original film because now it makes more sense. Mm. It's, uh, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. It's a much better film. I wish this was the film I saw in the cinema. How long is it? It's like, what? It's only like six hours long. <laughs> um, probably going to watch it. Anyway, you've got some other bits. Peter's dad. Just about Tony Stark and how he was, um, so essentially what we had there, it was like I said before, like obviously Tony had took responsibility for Peter as his father. Oh, I see. Yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He was almost um, like a father figure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then when he lost him, it was like, well, I can't even do that. I can't even look yeah. after myself, nor can I look after this guy who I was supposed to be responsible for. Um, I think that there was that a sense of, he has a responsibility to earth after what he saw and after what he did uh, at the battle of New York, it was like, I think it was almost a, it was, it was a way for him to try. I think he's constantly trying to absolve himself for everything that he's done wrong. And 
he still he he couldn't even do it in this film, and I think that was one of the breaking points for his character. But he's got to keep going, and I'm I'm very excited to see the dynamic between him, Nebula, and who else survived there. Well, okay, right. So now we're getting into another interesting part yeah, of this film. So one of my um, um, uh, one of our cousins came to stay. Mm. Um, he watches a lot of movies mm. and um, he listens to the show, which is great. Um, uh, which is nice, seeing as I've mm. in the past um, um, slagged off his profession of marketing, um, which I feel feel terrible about. But he was so professional about it. He just said, "We know who we are." Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, he said something very interesting to me. He said, um, do, have they underutilized uh, something along the lines of, have they underutilized Dr. Strange? Mm. Because um, he didn't really use all of his powers or something. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about that because we didn't get to finish that conversation because we okay, had to leave. Okay. Um, uh, and obviously the wives kind of look at us like, yeah, sure. Well, you two just keep going yeah. about you've fucking said, movies. Well. You've said best of yeah. Um, and so anyway, I was going to say that I think when um, Doctor Strange nearly breaks his own neck, fast, sure. fast forwarding through time or whatever weird thing he was doing, he from that scene onwards, I think every single action, because I watched it a few times, and when you watch the movie again, it feels completely different because mm. now it feels like everything after that point is being engineered by um, mm. strange yes. towards that outcome. Yep. And if you marry that up with the fact that in that particular outcome, the one that we actually saw in the movie, mm. the core Avengers are still alive. Mm. Mm. Then it makes production sense. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. For a sequel, because the Avengers, the mm -hmm. core Avengers um, are all alive and they're going to be joined by Earth's Mightiest Hero, which is not the one in season five of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. He was simply foreshadowing Earth's Mightiest Hero. Sick. Okay. Um, who uh, got uh, an emergency phone call by Fury at the yes. end. Um, where do you think this will go? Just that. I think what you've said there is, was it's, I mean, it, after, when you've seen it a couple of times, it kind of, or even after the first watch, it, it, it's, it's kind of clear that when Dr. Strange, he didn't, he, Dr. Did, he didn't even, he just alluded, he didn't even have any answers. He just said, um, it, it was the only way. And this is the end game. Yeah. Like it's pretty clear. I think at that point it's like, yeah, okay, well, obviously he's looked at all these, uh, scenarios in his head. And that one yeah. was the only way that was the way it could go. Like, and look, there's another way, number of ways it can go. Either, either obviously Captain Marvel is going to show up and she's going to fuck shit up. Standard, right? Secondly. Standard. Standard. Secondly, Thanos has now, he's beat up, right? He's beat up. He's broken down. His infinity gauntlet has kind of gone to shit. Yeah. He doesn't, I don't know what he can do with that now because he's obviously. Back scratcher. Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously a back scratcher now. Like there's not much I, he can do. No, he isn't a backstory. Yeah, yeah. He might be. He's got nothing to do. I mean, what do you do when you've achieved everything? Exactly. And and that's what that last scene was obviously. Okay. So I think there's a grand plan here yeah. that we're missing. And I think it's much more than Captain Marvel. Yeah. Because there's some other stuff going on behind the scenes that yeah. people may or may not be aware of. Yeah. There is 
a Spider-Man animation animated movie coming out called yep. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The Spider-Verse. And in the trailer, he talks about in your universe mm. versus in our universe. Yeah? Yep. In season five of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm. they start alluding to certain things, including this alliance of planets and things like that, that mm. is in the Captain Marvel comics, mm-hmm. uh, where she's a representative of Earth. Um, that's why she's never on Earth, because she's dealing with shit. Yeah. Yeah? So there's an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing going on there. She would effectively report to Coulson. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that also makes sense. Sick. Okay. Right. Because uh, she's a she's a, she's an agent of Shield. Technically. Shit. Yeah. No. Okay. Everyone forgets that the Danvers yeah, yeah, yeah. was a was one of the Fury girls, mm. um, and then she came into contact with this alien, which changed her DNA and all that stuff. And yep. she, but she retained everything except well, she retained everything, including mm. her her love of Star Wars, which mm. is the best bit of the comics. Sure. She got a cat called Chewie, in case you don't know, which okay. just tells you everything. Yeah. Um, who doesn't get on with Rocket, by the way? Yes. Which is very funny. Um, but then also we have um, um, a comic called Cloak and Shadow. Okay. Um, and Cloak and Shadow uh, are two superheroes, urban superheroes, who come into contact with... Mean the, Cloak the, and Dagger? Cloak and Dagger. Sorry, I'm just talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> I was like, if, when it came out of my mouth, I was like, that yeah. feels wrong. It tastes wrong in my mouth. <laughs> Cloak and shadow? That's racist, by the way. That's racist. That's so racist. No, 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 no. That, it's irrelevant. It's relevant. That's okay. not... You're looking at the cover of uh, Cloak and Dagger. Okay. Uh, Cloak and Dagger is slightly different to the comics. And yeah. Cloak and Dagger, um, not a comic I'm familiar with. Mm. All I've heard is that they cross over with X-Men mm. and Avengers Sick. and Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. The Spider-Man himself. Yeah. And the Milkman. And... <laughs> and Superman and um, Cloak and Dagger just started on Amazon Prime because Amazon realized there's no money to be made in DC did it start Amazon and they've paid good money to beat Netflix at their own game and they've taken on um, Cloak and Dagger first two episodes have just aired on Amazon Prime and uh, yeah, it's a bit feels a bit run of the mill yeah. feels a bit like Runaways where mm. Runaways sort of again just was moving far too slowly. The first season of Run- Runaways is okay, mm. but it does not go in anywhere. So I don't, I can't even imagine it coming to UK TV for a while. Mm. Um, but there's some characters that cross over and travel through the other comics that have just started on Marvel television. Mm. And then, we, so we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cloak and Dagger, who I'm mm. going to call Cloak and Shadow now. <laughs> but yeah. um, and then Legion. Legion is now being uh, masterminded by Marvel television. Mm. And the bad guy in Legion, sorry to give it away if you haven't watched it, it's not a big spoiler, mm. is the Shadow King. That's why I've got Shadow on my mind. And the Shadow King is an enemy that in the comics faces Captain Marvel. Yeah? Okay. And sh- sh- the Shadow King is currently uh, at loggerheads with Legion. And in fact, the Shadow King can alter reality. Yeah. Mm. And I was jumping up and down in the cinema when Quill tried to shoot Gamora mm. in the in the Infinity War movie. And yeah. 
and the shadow he's looking at the pics and the shadow uh sorry and um what's his name which one what's the reality stone thing called changes, oh, oh. changes reality collector which, which the one that changes reality yeah anyway thanos used that stone to Where turn the gun into bubbles yes yeah yep the week before there was uh there's a part part of the legion story mm. is that he's taken uh one of legion's best friends and trapped her in his a world a mental world where he collects uh minds and traps mm. them in mm. the mental world and she tries to kill herself um to get out of that mental yeah. world yeah. and when he she tries to kill herself the shadow king turns the bullets into bubbles oh. and it was like the same scene and i was like whoa that's like within weeks of its weeks of that scene being over here, being over here. And in Shit. fact, the shadow King is one of, one of these other weird creatures that can cross over into time streams mm. and also um, parallel universes. So you have the shadow King or, or in Legion, yeah. Captain Marvel being referenced over here mm. and prep for her and Marvel, the alien in agents yeah, of shield yeah. and the She's ending in of Infinity shield. War. I, I, she's not in Agents of Shield, but as in Marvel. Marvel, no. I think okay. they're referencing certain things towards okay. the end. Of, I'm not going to give anything away. Sure, sure. Okay. Watch season five. Okay. I think it should be on. It's just finished airing on in on. Uh, is it ABC or CBS? yeah, ABC, yeah. ABC in uh, in America? So uh, uh, season six has been announced, by the way. Yes. So I think there's a grand plan here. Yep. Uh, which is very interesting when you watch all the things, but it basically means there's nothing else you can watch because yep. you're just watching <laughs> Marvel. They have owned television. Oh my god! You want to watch it all now, don't you? I can tell. I do. I do want to watch it. Legion is uh, on season three, I think. Quick note about the Spider-Man film. Or two? No, two. Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. So, it, in, from what I understand, it's based. From what I'm looking at the trailer, it's based on um, Spider Men, which was a short run they did a couple of years ago. It was like five, five, um, five issues, like the main story arc. And um, the the premise of it is literally so. You remember when Peter Parker died in the comics? Yeah. So it was, I think, it was shortly after his unmasking. Um, so he died, and obviously in the parallel universe, we had Miles Morales. But the reason they crossed over was because Mysterio was around. Okay. Uh, and um, I think Peter, in a different universe or something, somehow entered Miles Morales' universe. Yes. And they met each other that way, but it was really uh. fucking cool. Uh, I'll let you borrow it. It's like five five issues, but it's really interesting. Um, but that's why this looks so interesting and exciting, but it'd be interesting to see how it all ties in. I just saw this thing literally just now. It said... Um, what did it say? It was a headline of one of this title. It said, uh, one of these articles it says, Into the Spider-Verse could connect all of Sony's Spider-Man movies. Into the Spider-Verse. Tony's? Sony's. Sony. Right. So okay. Interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. As, well, as a parallel universes yeah, or something. Maybe, yeah, that would make sense. That's always the way to go when you fucked up your storyline. Also, the reason I think it's so funny is because it was written by Phil Lord. Sound familiar? Uh, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord. They um, uh, wrote... Uh, the Jump Streets. The name Christopher Miller sounds... Jump Streets. 22 Jump Street. 22 right, okay, yeah. They, they wrote those. Okay. Um, so yeah, they um, they wrote... They actually wrote... I think they did... Uh, they they started making uh, Solo 
they were the ones who initially signed on to Solo, then they left the project. Solo. Okay. But we can talk about something. We are next episode. I think we're going to be talking about. Yep. What are we talking about? Solo. Deadpool 2. And what? Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Have right. we covered Avengers? No, we can carry on covering Avengers. I think, you know, I think we, we spoke quite a bit about we it. We I mean, about I think one. Well, yeah, one, of the things, one of the things I wrote down as well was, I think everything else aside, it is a fantastic lesson on how to develop characters. Um, they've not rushed into anything here. They, they saw the end game a long time ago. I think they've taken the time to de- fully develop their characters and the characters that haven't developed are slowly getting some time now. So I think they're making a Black Widow film. Is that right? I think they're making a Black Widow film. Um, Very good. So the character minus Hawkeye, I mean, no one likes Hawkeye, so I can't imagine they're going to make a Hawkeye film. Like his- no, okay, fine. They're going to be, they've, they've developed the characters. They, I think one of the most, two of the most interesting and compelling characters, I think in these films are, uh, Captain America's character and Tony Stark. I mean, think about it. I think, did you, did you, before these films came out, how interesting of a character was Captain America? Did you ever think that you'd be as invested into the character of Captain America as you are now? What the, the, the films, what the films have done, they've taken a character that was essentially pretty boring and they've made him into one of the badass characters who, for me anyway, I am always kind of, rooting for Captain America. Okay. I, I think I would go a step further because mm. from my perspective, I didn't like Captain America. As in, I think the Captain the America from the comics mm. is, Had a mo- yeah, yeah, yeah. would be a, uh, not, not would be a crazy Trump supporter. Sure. Um, um, and I think there's those certain things about Trump mm. that shouldn't be supported. I think Captain America would support whatever America supports. So if that meant supporting Trump, then yes. I think he, he's in it for America. He's, I think he's in it for the president. Does that make to sense? build a wall. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. Um, Hydra, Captain America. But the, the movie Captain America is not like that. No. They just, they changed, they made him obviously different. Yeah. Bit of a nerd. Yes. Um, yeah. Just, uh, just uh, an, a solid film. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine how they're going to follow this up. It's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really excited to see the dynamics of the characters um, because Tony, it's the first time Tony Stark ever met Nebula. Who was left with them on Titan? I forget. It's just no. It was just Nebula and Stark. Sure, it was one more person. I feel like. Drax was gone. Peter's gone. Yep. Mantis is gone. Yep. Okay, I guess with empty then. Um, yeah. So I'm 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 excited to see that. And also, how are they going to get back? The Nebula Nebula will transform into a ship. Yeah, it's true. Transformers. Speaking of transforming, no, whatever. Oh no. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, very excited to see that. Also, Ant Man the Wasp is coming out soon, so um, that will be cool to see. And I think so. From what I understand, from this, not even understand. So I know it takes place just after Civil War. But what would be interesting to see, what is that? How 
so my assumption here, again, this is all speculation, is that the way they might have avoided this whole disappearing genocidal thing was that they might have gone into the quantum realm whilst this stuff was happening. I don't know if that means that they're exempt from the genocide. It was under house arrest. No, as in like, after this film. Oh, I see. Are I mean? they still alive? It yeah. would have to take place before the film then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe one of them will disappear at the end. So this, so Iron Man and the Wasp takes place after a civil war, just after civil war. So maybe yes, Paul Rudd will disappear and it will just be the Wasp. Oh, that would be fun though, would it? Yeah, it would. I want to see, do you know, have you, oh my God. Do you know what I really want to see? So there was, um, what time, what time? One hour, 16 minutes. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, well. well. Okay, well, we can finish off with this then, I guess. If, unless you had something else to say. Um, so that many years ago, I think you might have told me this, they bought the likeness for Samuel Jackson. Yes. For if you're right, anyway. Yeah. So when they did that, that was, I believe it was for the Ultimate Avengers comic book. Um, or the Ultimate version, or the Ultimate Universe, whatever. And... They'd, um, I had, I had a bunch of trade paperbacks that I read and in, in these, in these stories were, um, so Ant-Man and Wasp were in the, um, part of the Avengers at the time and Scott was, um, he was abusing, um, fuck, what's Wasp's name in the, in the film? Oh boy, I uh, don't remember, but that sounds really awful. Yeah, so he was basically beating up the wasp in the comics. Yeah. Right. It's really dark. Wow. Um, it'll be int- you mentioned this before. Yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting to see if they tackle that kind of thing because, um, I can't remember what happens to him after that. I think he might've gotten arrested or something like that, but it'd be interesting to see if they tackle anything like that. Have you seen, yeah. it just reminded me of something. Sure. Have you seen Tracy Ellis Ross's, um, times up talk on Ted? No. It's good. Okay. She rips us men a new one. Oh, well. Good. I think we need to be ripped a okay. new one all the time. What a wonderful place to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if you like that, hit subscribe to the Odyssey Collection. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Overcast, all your favorite podcast applications apart from Spotify. Um, if you did like this podcast, please do review it on iTunes. It would help us out greatly. Yes. And it means we can continue making good content and we can then find out what you don't and do like and where we can stop or where Gushal can stop talking and I can continue talking. And it tells us what you're interested in. <laughs> <laughs> not that we're threatening you. No, not at all. You can only leave a review if you want to. Yes. Um, we will carry on making these. Yes. Uh, we're both on Twitter at at Kushal Joshi and I'm at Movieville Cased or at Movieville Org. Uh, and always, always check out the website at www.movieville.org. See you next episode. Goodbye. Bye.